0: Hey ladies and gents and welcome back to the Controlled Interest Gamecast where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. I'm joined by Jordan today. Beyond! Beyond. No Dom today, uh, no guest today. Glad to have you back, Jordan. Um, I guess we'll hop into it, what we've been playing. Uh, For me, these last couple of weeks have actually been pretty busy. I've picked up uh, a good amount of um, extra freelance work because I'm trying to just build up enough extra money so I don't feel too bad when I end up buying my PS4. Um, I you know <laughs> I just don't like I don't like spending a lot of money. So. Classic, Jared. Yeah. Um. So I've just been uh, doing a lot of extra work, but the time I did have, I actually was able to get some more time into Wolfenstein too. I think I'm nearing the end. I know you haven't played it yet, Jordan, so I'm not going to spoil anything, and I yeah, know you wouldn't sweet. really know where I'm at. But I just I think I'm about to enter New Orleans, which from what I've heard from Dom is like I think the third act of the game. So I'm pretty close mm-hmm. to the ending of the game. Mm-hmm. There's some crazy stuff that happens in Wolfenstein 2 that I did not see coming, which is really cool. I don't even want to like partially talk about it, because I think even saying like saying some slight things. Um, could be spoilery, but it's really crazy. I don't think you'll see it coming either when you get a chance to play it. Um, other than that, I also had some time to put into Ultra Moon, which I finished. Um, I finished the main campaign, and I finished the um, post-game event, which was uh, the Rainbow Rocket, which is essentially... Uh, Team Rocket comes back uh, to Alola, where they come to Alola, and you end up fighting a bunch of bosses from previous games. So you fight the lead hmm. guys from um, Sapphire and Ruby, um, yep. and you also fight the lead guys from uh, Diamond and Pearl. And uh, they lead up to you actually running into Giovanni, and you, you fight Giovanni, Giovanni. again. Giovanni. Which is really cool. Um, an interesting thing, I, I don't want to go uh, too long in the tooth on this, but people are... Um, speculating that uh, Pokemon uh, Sun and Moon are hinting that the next Pokemon mainline entry game, so that's going to be the Pokemon Switch game, is going back to Kanto, which is obviously the region from Gen 1, red and blue and yellow and green, obviously, um, for Japan. And the reason they say that nice. is throughout the story, I don't know if this is only an Ultra Moon. You, you Did you play Ultra or did you play regular, Jordan? Just Sun just son okay so you might this might have been in the regular versions or this might have bit just been added in ultra but uh, Lily uh, the side character at the end of the game she leaves to the Kanto region um, and I don't even know yeah she had to have been part of the base game um, so at the end of the yeah, at the end of the game she leaves to the Kanto region Um... I'm just giving you all the, the, the reason why people assume it might go to Kanto. Throughout the game they mention Kanto. Alola itself has a lot of ties to Kanto in terms of Professor Oak's brother or cousin or whatever uh, Samson Oak is supposed to be. Um, obviously the uh, alternate Pokemon that have different looks are from the Kanto region uh, with Volpix and Sandshrew and all of them having their Alolan forms. Um, Also, uh, at the end of the game, like I said, you run into Team Rocket, who was introduced in the Kanto region, and they come back and you fight Giovanni, and Giovanni kind of basically says like, I'm going to go back to Kanto and set things right. Uh, And in the Pokemon anime, which isn't too surprising, I think they actually do this at the end of every season, so this is one thing you wouldn't want to super read into, but at the end of um, his adventures in Alola, he states that he wants to go back to Kanto and start fresh. Which I think the thing that people are keying in there is starting fresh. I think a lot of times Ash talks about going back to Kanto and stuff like that. But he's specifically in this, and there's a clip of it. He says, I want to go back to Kanto, start fresh from the beginning again. Um, So basically all these different things are like the Pokemon company talking about the Kanto region through this newest game on top of the fact that uh, Masuda who's one of the main producers and composers for Pokemon has been really heavy on Twitter um, teasing Gen 1 specifically like he mentioned he'd been listening to the Red and Blue soundtrack Red and Green he Mm. stated because that was their versions Um, he also has been I forgot the other things but essentially before Sun and Moon came out he also teased the next generation by posting a picture of a moon on his Twitter Uh, That was before Sun and Moon were announced. And a lot of the hints he's giving now seem to be related to the Kanto region. Um, And what it looks like is it won't be a remake, but it'll be a retelling of or a new story in Kanto, which I think is a smart idea because there's actually a big portion of the Pokemon community that doesn't want to go back to Kanto and do a remake again, which kind of sucks because that's like all I want. Um, But I -hmm. think going back to Kanto gives the quote-unquote Gen 1-ers the nostalgia that they want, right? But saying it's a retelling or a different thing, or, like, in the future, maybe it's a different Canto where cities are bigger or different, it gives the game a newer quality to it, and it also is a little bit more appealing to those people who aren't really attached to Canto. maybe. I think it could fit yeah. both of those. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, Pokemon Ultra Moon, it wasn't my... I was. I think it was a little harsh on it at the beginning, because I... I really didn't like the way they handled the narrative and the story elements of like stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. But at the end of the game, with the post-release game content and stuff like that, I don't think I'd be nearly as harsh on it now. I wouldn't say it's at the bottom of every any Pokemon Pokemon game I've ever played. I would still hold um, Silver and Gold above that. That's including the remakes of Soul Silver and Heart Gold. I kind of just lumped those two together because they're the same games, you know, a, a lot of the way. And then behind that would be Gen One, and then. Uh, I would probably put Gen 3, and then I would put this. I enjoyed this game more at the end of it, with everything culminated more than uh, black and white. I didn't play X and Y, so I have no opinions on that. Or Diamond and Pearl. Uh, I, I played Diamond and Pearl, but I would put this above both of those. Um, what else? I also played Marvel Strike Force. That mobile game is a you know toilet game, not, not much there. Uh, toilet game. It's a toilet game. Not like it's trash or anything, but it's a game I no, just you know mess what around. You mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I also mentioned to you before we started the show that I read the what seems like a prelude to the Amazing Spider-Man Fresh Start number one for Marvel.
1: Right. Um, yeah, was, yeah,
0: yeah. the free comic book day release. Uh, really interesting. Art's amazing. Ryan Otley kills it. Obviously, he's from Invincible. Um, the story is really cool. Uh, I haven't been, I haven't read a whole lot of current Spider-Man comics, um, so I'm not familiar with his situation, I don't want to spoil anything because Jordan hasn't read it yet, but some of the ideas that they introduce in this prelude comic are interesting in terms of where Peter's at in his life and the things surrounding him and stuff like that, don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to spoil it, um, I'm trying to think of what else, uh... I think that's pretty much it in terms of everything I I in in, in ingested I didn't
1: consumed watch,
0: Yeah, I didn't I didn't wa- I'm trying to think if I watched anything not nothing of note, no. Um yeah, it's pretty much it for me. What about you, Jordan? I haven't talked to you in like 2 weeks, so.
1: Right. Um so I've obviously played more God of War. Um 6 or 8 hours into that game and uh yeah my my initial complaints still stand i think that uh you know we dove in pretty far to that the combat uh is still like really close to being amazing to me uh but it's just not quite snappy enough and there's times where i'm trying to dodge and i just it feels like it's a a split second too late and i'm getting fucked over um but you know it still is a great game and i am enjoying it uh I do, you know, I don't know, man, it's, I'm in a tough spot, because I've, I've listened to a lot of people talk about it now, not anything spoilery, but, um, you know, people just hype the fuck out of this game, Dom's really high on it, and has talked about how, um, you know, he can't wait for me to finish it, and all that, and, uh, I totally can see how, over the course of 30 hours, it's gonna have a lot of cool stuff in it, but, um, it's it is tedious right now like there's they're just revealing so little and uh i know a lot of people don't agree with this a lot of people were saying that it's like perfectly paced and that the stuff the crumbs that they kind of start you out with are are really well done but so far it's been a little bit frustrating for me because uh i didn't have uh much expectations for the game i was just you know excited to play a new god of war but then everyone talking about how cool and how twisty-turny the story is and how much amazing shit there is in there. Not that there isn't going to be down the road, but I just feel like at this point, uh, this many hours in, I would have liked a little bit more uh, to kind of get me going. Uh, For example, I was listening to Kind of Funny talk about it today, and like Jared Petty was saying, um, how he thinks it's probably the best written video game that he's ever played, and better than The Last of Us in that sense, and you know me, Jared, I'll be the first one to give Naughty Dog some shit, but I was like, dude, the way that Last of Us grips you from a writing standpoint, from a story standpoint, immediately, I just have not been gripped, uh, by this game in the same way. And it's solid and it is well-written and it is well-acted and it is well-produced. Uh, but, dude, The Last of Us, every moment of every cutscene pretty much is is gripping and is tantalizing all at the same time. It's not just tantalizing. It's not just planting breadcrumbs. Like, every single encounter that they have, uh, Joel and Ellie, um, whether it be with Tess or um with the brothers down the road or um i can't remember the lady who's in charge of the fireflies name that initially gets joel to take ellie um but there's just so many moments from the start to the the very tip of the end that are just um so well written and i think that uh, god of war is close. And it certainly surpasses, so far, a lot of video game writing, but I'm just not quite seeing it yet. And, I mean, sure, I'm not uh, fully 30 hours in, and have I haven't beaten the game yet, but um, I think 6 plus hours in, with me having both uh, played uh, the story and uh, several side missions at this point, I think... I can at least say that uh, as the game starts out, it does not have that same gripping feeling, uh, narratively, that The Last of Us does. Um, so I'm, I it feels like I'm just uh, being Debbie Downer over here. Um, obviously, I'm definitely excited to jump back in and and see where this goes, but I just cannot stop hearing from all different angles how oh you got to keep going, you got to keep going. It gets so crazy, there's so many twists and turns, you're not going to believe what happens, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, yeah, uh, but that's just uh, making the hours where, where shit doesn't happen even a little bit more difficult. Um, and honestly, I think I would enjoy this game way more if I were playing it in a vacuum, just because um, I think you know me well enough to know that I am usually not a subscriber of Hype in many ways and so when people are just you know shitting their fucking pants over this stuff it uh it doesn't ruin the experience or soil it if you will uh but it definitely uh just kind of uh uh nags at me a little bit uh in the back of my mind so we'll see and i'm certainly happy to uh get to those twists and turns and and um be, hopefully be floored, you know, have my jaw drop when that does happen, but uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, besides playing God of War uh, I rewatched Deadpool getting ready for Deadpool 2 coming up in a couple weeks and uh, got to you know uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here, Jared, but I fucking love that movie, man, it's so cool um, a lot of different things they did really well Uh, For one, he's wearing a suit that the real fucking Deadpool in the comics would wear, uh, which you know is a big hang-up for me in a lot of comic book movies and TV shows because they just uh, try to make them too grounded, I think, and and sap all of the color out of it. But he really looks like Deadpool, and he obviously really acts like Deadpool, and um, obviously the movie's hilarious, but the action is really well done, too. Um, and I was re after the movie, I rewatched the test footage that had originally come out that kind of got the ball rolling for the movie to finally be made. And, uh, the way that they essentially remake that stuff in the film is so cool. And, uh, yeah, the, the attention to detail in that movie is just superb. So, um, and then you got some X-Men action in there with Colossus and, um, Megasonic Teenage teenage Warhead Um, So Very good movie Very excited for the second one Um, Of course Wrote a bunch of comics this week um, This past week As I do Um, Been reading uh, Avengers vs. X-Men I think I mentioned that Which leads into Marvel now And uh, really enjoying that It's a fucking cool ass event that they did i know events can kind of get shit on in the world of comics a lot but uh, you know seeing the avengers and x-men fight over the phoenix force has been really cool and uh, i'm enjoying it quite a bit Um, and then red superman reborn which is a little event for him um, that kind of uh, i would say kind of fixes some of the shit where they've got these two different versions of superman Pre New 52 and New 52 Superman existing in the same universe, kind of, and um, they kind of uh, find a way to uh, get rid of some of the confusion. Needless to say, there's plenty of comic book bullshit going on there, um, but I think it'll definitely, the way they conclude it, will uh, put things in a good, good position moving forward. Um, besides that. A little shout-out to Krypton. Um, I don't know if you're watching this or not, Jared, but uh, obviously uh, this is about the planet Krypton where Superman's from and is actually some of the most interesting stuff to me about Superman or Supergirl, uh, like the Kryptonian stuff and the actual, like, alien sci-fi stuff, really before they were ever uh, kicking around and doing stuff, um, is some of my favorite of the Superman mythos, so I really like, uh, you know, diving deep into that lore and going back before, um, you know, obviously the planet was destroyed, so uh, little shout out there. Um, and that's about it. Um,
0: you were talking about Deadpool, did you see the exchange that happened between, uh, the Deadpool account and, uh, the Russo brothers? I didn't. So, I don't know if you saw that before Avengers Infinity War came out, the Russo brothers, maybe it was Marvel Studios or Kevin Feige, somebody, they posted that image of that, like, note saying, thank you guys for ten years, Thanos demands your silence. Like, please keep spoilers to yourself. Yeah, spoiling
1: it. Yeah.
0: In Deadpool fashion, he made a note saying, like, hey, don't spoil our movie either, kind of thing. Kind of the same setup with the picture and everything. Just, like, obviously making fun of that. Um, It was, like, uh... Deadpool demands here, oh, damn, I'm messing up, Yada, whatever. Um, and then the Russo brothers simply replied with a picture of the Infinity Gauntlet flipping him off, which is really funny. Uh, so it was a nice back <laughs> and forth great. there. Um, yeah, I guess we'll hop into, I- I'm actually going to be uh, watching Deadpool next week, so I'm excited to re-watch it, too, leading up to the release of the sequel. I love that movie so, so much. Um, Hell yeah. Let's hop into the news. Uh, We have a a decent amount of news stories today. Uh, The first one revolves around Anthem. Um, So Blake Jorgensen, who's the CFO of EA, revealed in an earnings call um, that Anthem, we previously knew, was going to be coming out in the next fiscal year. Uh, He stated that it's going to be releasing on the last month of that fiscal year. So we know that it's (laughs) going to be coming out in March of 2019. Um, This makes sense. For um, Bioware, it's it's, uh, the release date for both uh, Mass Effect Andromeda and Mass Effect 3. They like that early year slot, so it makes sense as long as they hit it. Uh, Another thing attached to this that I didn't include in the notes was that Casey Hudson um, actually posted a new blog post the day of us recording this uh, on the Bioware blog and he basically answered fans concerns about, you know, the typical question that comes up when you see these games that are very much inspired by the, the Destiny layout, right? the Persistent yeah. World games. Um, he basically talked about that uh, they they're, one of their main goals is to make sure that you can play this by yourself and have a good time with it. Um, he said, too, that though it's multiplayer, he knows that the biggest concern there is that when you have a game that's multiplayer and you need a story to work for everyone, it doesn't necessarily feel like a Bioware game because Bioware games are, are all about your journey and your story. And though I didn't write it down, they actually, uh, Casey Hudson had them... Um, do a new uh, company, um, not motto, uh, mission statement. You know, every company has their own mission statement. They actually did a different one for theirs, and it basically said, we are Bioware, we create worlds. And then it goes into a bunch of other stuff, but it's basically, I think Casey Hudson was what they needed in terms of getting back on the right track for Bioware. We'll see, obviously, if Anthem lives up to the hype, but he basically talked about them switching their mission statement, talking about the concerns they know fans have with this type of game, Talking about that, you can play this game single player because they want it to feel like a, a BioWare game uniquely. And he also mentioned that they have another team working on something very much related to Dragon Age, which is odd that he didn't say that they're work that they're. He didn't just say that they're working on a new Dragon Age game. He said they're yeah. working on something very much close to Dragon Age. So I don't know if maybe they they go forward with the lore and the world of Dragon Age, but they call it something different. Um, but mm. we'll see what happens there. Just an interesting blog Yeah, post.
1: because uh, the Dragon Age is like a time period in yeah. that world. Um, so, yeah, maybe they go to a different age.
0: Yeah, that'd be really interesting. That, that world is so rich of characters and stories and stuff, oh, yeah. so I don't think people would be too mad about it switching the name because there is a reason in this lore like you said that makes sense for it to switch the name also yeah. it's a way for them to pitch it as a new IP to investors and stuff technically you know because it's not the same name um, right so there's some stuff there, some leeway I just like him keeping up with these posts the first one was a little pr like we talked about when it first was released this no, one was yeah. a, a lot more hey we understand you guys have issues and worries Let's talk about it. So I really appreciate. it. Well, I'm that. sure
1: he heard a bunch of shit about how fucking um, kind of stone-faced that first one was, you know?
0: So. Yeah, and I think Casey Hudson being on the outside looking in at Bioware the last couple of years and just probably he, – he's a pretty smart guy. He probably looked at the industry and said, it's like, nowadays you need to have that connection with gamers. It's not the way it was before. Like, we need to have a direct line of communication, and I think this is – blo- right. the blog post is going to be that for them. Yeah. Um, the next story uh, kind of goes with uh, what we've been talking about the last year or so in terms of Microsoft getting new IP, getting you know their own their own uh, first-party lineup in the way that Sony does. Um, there was actually some job postings, and the job postings stated that Microsoft is looking to hire people who have experience shipping high-quality titles at tr- uh, quadruple A standards, experiencing uh, experience managing internal teams and external development studios across the world and a knowledge and understanding of the process of building new IP. So this obviously seems like they're hiring people for a new studio, and the job what? listings all have the location of Santa Monica. So,
1: What the fuck is quadruple A? <laughs> I think that's just what they...
0: It's an easy way to say, like, first-party exclusive without saying that, you know? Because it's like, the budget that Maybe. Sony and Microsoft have and Nintendo have to put behind a game... In a lot of instances, they're a lot more willing to take the risk on those than an EA putting though they put a lot of money behind like the anthems and stuff. I think it's just like next level with these studios that like this is on our platform. It is our investment, you know what I mean? Whereas yeah, like yeah. other publishers still have to you hope that it sells for somebody else's platform. Um, I think it's just like quadruple a is like, Oh, we're trying to hit the the last of us is the uh, what looks like Insomniac, Spider-Man, like the the high bench note, um, the Gears sure. of War, the Halos. Um, so Daryl Gallagher is a name you might not know or you might remember. He was hired last year uh, at Xbox in a leadership role um, for a team, and he's uh, formerly from Santa Monica Activision, and he was hired on, and we're going to be finding out what exactly his role is at Xbox's E3 2018 presentation, or at least that week. Um... It's, it's interesting because we have Phil Spencer, who's the head, who's... I'm just directly correlating this to something we know, which is Sony, right? So you have Phil Spencer, who's Sean Layden. Is Daryl Gallagher going to be the head of this new studio and, like, announce that their studio and what they're going to be working on? Obviously not the specific game, but, like, some ideas, maybe concept art or something. Um, does he just state that he's running a new studio? Is he not even running a new studio? And w- what if he's the, their shoe Right. They have him move into that kind of position. Yeah. Uh, they have Aaron Greenberg and stuff, but maybe they want somebody else who's dedicated more to the the AAA, more quadruple A in this instant standards. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's very interesting. Uh, you know, people are trying to make jokes about this of like God of War just released, so they'd want to make a Sony Man- a Santa Monica studio of their own. It's like. I'm pretty sure Santa Monica has a lot of things going forward in terms of its location and stuff. And these job hirings and postings were made before... Like, I don't think it's directly correlated, right? Um, Right. But maybe it is correlated in the sense that maybe Microsoft did research and they understood, like, we have Daryl Gallagher. Like, he's a great asset. Maybe Santa Monica is a great place to establish another studio. There's reasons why there's other places there, as in Activision and Sony, right, have Santa Monica. So... Um, it's interesting I'm I really want to know if he comes out on stage and announces their new uh, like is it Microsoft Santa Monica is that what it's called is he even a part of that or is he a part of Xbox in general as a first party consultant or leader um, yeah it's, it's interesting I think one thing that we are going to need to talk about when we come to our pre E3 predictions when we're talking about Xbox is it's gonna be exciting to see some new IP they have but I wouldn't be surprised if we actually see some people come out and they don't have a game yet. But I think it's they they announced that they're a studio that's owned by Microsoft and they're working on a Microsoft exclusive, right? And that's maybe the tough road there of like people would love to see con- – maybe not concept art, but people would love to see the actual games they're making. But some of these studios might be so early on. Personally, I would rather see uh, a couple of leads of the studio come up and say who they are and what they plan to do instead of just – this is a studio and this is their concept art. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's
1: yeah. It's going to be difficult. I just hope that they don't name the studio Forza Factory or something. Like, they have the Coalition, which is tied to Gears, and they have 343, which is tied to Halo. Like, stop naming your studios after the franchise they're working on because it's just not a good idea. Like, you want... You just well, need to be more versatile, I guess. You know, because, like, Gorilla, what if they were called Killzone Studios, you know?
0: Yeah. But they also have, like, Lionhead and Rare and stuff that, yeah, they didn't create mm. them. I don't understand where you are coming from. But the thing is, is that... Lionhead
1: got shot in the head.
0: Yeah. Um, Coalition, obviously, was made with the name Coalition, but 343 was a subsidiary studio to Bungie working on Halo, and then Bungie dipped... So then they moved up. So it is a different situation there, you know?
1: But still, it's like... Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you don't want to do that again, I guess. Don't, like, make a new studio studio and name it, like, ReCore Productions or whatever, you know? Yeah, I don't think so.
0: I think this is going to be called, like, Microsoft Santa Monica or, like, something else. Um,
1: Probably not a good idea to name it Microsoft Santa Monica, either. (laughs) Why not? Because Sony Santa Monica. I mean... Like, it's not that they have license over the name, you could totally name it that, but when they're clearly trying to mimic uh, Sony's first party output, and then one of the first studios they open is in Santa Monica, right after Sony Santa Monica just, you know, knocks out of the park with uh, God of War, I don't know, that's a little too on the nose. I mean, I just, I that's not what I would do, you know. Yeah, but I, I don't think
0: that'll be the name, really. I think they understand that, too. As a big corporation, it'll probably be called something different. I just yeah, think yeah. it would be funny to see the you know, the, the title, Microsoft Santa Monica. Oh, man, the memes and everything that would lead up to that. Um, sure. Yeah, it's interesting news, though. Uh, E3, it's going to be big for Xbox. We need to see what they're coming in terms of first-party exclusives and studios. And we might even see acquisitions. I still want to know where the hell Amy Hennig is. I, we might hear oh, about God. her, maybe not on an Xbox's stage, but we might hear about what Amy Hennig's doing at some point during E3. I hope. Maybe even games come at the latest.
1: But... She's on an island talking to a goddamn volleyball.
0: It's like Captain America in the MCU. like She's just off the grid right now. She's going to come back as yeah. a nomad, and you know we're yeah. going to see what happens. Um, the next news story here is really close to Jordan's heart. Square Enix announced that they're going to be having an E3 presentation for the first time in two years. Um, It's going to be a pre-recorded video conference, uh, so Nintendo Direct style. Um, It's going to be happening Monday, June 11th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So it's going to take the morning slot on Monday, which is going to be Square Enix with its video. Then you're going to have Ubisoft. And though the time hasn't been revealed yet, we assume it's going to be PlayStation because they always take that Monday night spot. Um, Yeah, it's interesting because this is their first E3 presentation in two years. uh, And I want to talk about what do we think they're going to be showcasing. So some of the things we expect or assume... Are Just Cause away. 4, you Kingdom Hearts don't 3. You hear me say, exactly.
1: please, oh baby, don't
0: uh, go. Yeah, Just Cause 4, Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, Avengers, we could possibly see too. Um, though I assume that <laughs> we see this that. first at Xbox, and then we'll see it again on Square Enix's video. Tomb Raider as well could be the same exact thing. Um, yeah. And then we start talking about the Final Fantasy VII remake, if that's going to pop up.
1: Mm, uh, Final Fantasy not.
0: 16. Um, yeah. Some people are assuming we might hear an announcement about Final Fantasy 14 finally coming to Xbox, which would make some people happy. Wouldn't matter to me either way, but uh, that'd be yeah. that'd be a good answer for people who have been waiting on that. Um, Jordan, do you think we get Kingdom Heart uh, Kingdom Hearts 3s release date? Announce at Square Enix's stage. Remember, they're before PlayStation. Would we get it there?
1: Yeah, we will. Uh, well, we're getting it at E3. I'm not sure which one, but I would assume uh, you're probably getting it at Square Enix. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think uh, unless something catastrophic happens, I think that game's coming out this fall. Um, and then also just side note, uh, I had a lot of fun with just cause three, so I'd be totally down with just cause four.
0: Yeah. Um, square Enix is also making Octopath Traveler, so we could see a little bit more there, but that, I think that is definitely a square Enix presentation of filling it in, right? Filling in the gaps. It's about
1: to, re- it's about to release though, right? Well, it, it be... releases in July. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So it could be, they could have a thing Launch at the end talking about, type
1: of deal. yeah, something, um,
0: I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, Do you think we see Life is Strange 2? That's published by Square Enix, right? Life is Strange? Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: um, Mm-hmm. Well, okay, that's weird because uh, Vampyr is made by Dontnod, but not published by Square Enix. Yeah. So that's coming out uh, around that time, I think. And so... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how, like, what Don't Nod's deal is, because Vampyr looks like that higher quality A type of deal, but then they are also working on uh, Life is Strange too, so it's possible, but uh, I feel like they've probably um they just don't seem like a big enough studio to be pumping that shit out that quick so who knows
0: i think we get a tease i think we get a hey it exists yeah yeah. i don't think we get honestly i could even see it being like a like a title screen animation type thing where we just see like life is strange too not a date not any gameplay nothing um i
1: mean you probably don't want to play gameplay use or show gameplay at an E3 presentation for that game anyways, so... Yeah.
0: We're also not sure how long the video is gonna be, so I assume it's probably gonna be no longer than, like, 25 minutes. Probably less than that. Maybe, like, even a 15-minute video. It depends on everything they, they're gonna be showing. Um, it's... It's very odd. Uh, Square Enix is obviously a huge publisher, and they have a lot of things under their belt. But I don't know... Like, a lot of their stuff... I would much rather see the big blowout like Avengers and Tomb Raider I would much rather see on yeah. Xbox's stage and see all on Microsoft's giant stage right so you get the full blowout uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 and Final Fantasy re, uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake if we were to see that those, would, I think, would play better on Sony stage, and I think we'll get those if they show up. I think they will also be on those stages. It's just weird to also have this Square Enix thing where it's like, oh, but we want to be a part of it too. You're going to see our stuff on the big boy stages, but oh, we also want it, you know what I mean? So, do you really think
1: Avengers You think Avengers is that close?
0: No, 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 no. I don't think it's uh, close in terms of like it releasing. I do think it's one of those things where we might see a hint at something, because remember, the only thing we got was that trailer that was uh, Thor's Hammer, cap Shield, and Iron Man's Gauntlet, I think, that were, like, broken. Um, right. I think it could be just a cinematic trailer uh, that we get, another hype trailer. I don't think we're even close to gameplay on that or a release date. Right. Um, but I do think they want to show it because, especially with the zeitgeist surrounding Avengers Infinity War that I they want to showcase that right especially for their investors yeah. and stuff too because people tend to forget e3 is also for those people uh to see the hype surrounding the things that they're investing in you know from what we've heard avengers is going to have a huge budget so they want to be like oh there's a reason we're putting this much money into it because people are excited i do think we'll get a hype-ish kind of uh trailer or something uh, a tease um I guess it's pretty much anything else about Square Enix. Are we seeing Final Fantasy sixteen? Can't even say that with a straight face. I don't even know why people would want nah. to see that. Like nah. I understand people like Final Fantasy and stuff, but like aren't you burned by this point of like from announcement even Kingdom Hearts three in some capacity? Uh, it's right. like
1: aren't you burned from hearing announcement to like actual release? Like come on now. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what we're gonna see from Final Fantasy. We're gonna see more Final Fantasy fifteen.
0: More DLC. Expansions.
1: Yeah. I mean, they've talked about how they've got more stuff coming out throughout this year. So yeah, it's happening. You know. That's
0: yeah, it's what you're just going to see. It's I don't know. It's it's odd. It's very interesting because like, <sighs> Square Enix is a huge publisher. It's just for some reason, and maybe I'm in the wrong, Jordan, but like them having their own video thing doesn't really excite me. Because like, I assumed we were going to see Kingdom Hearts three on Sony Stage. Like, so it's not like we're the only chance of us seeing it is at Square Enix. You know what I mean?
1: I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I it's mean, it's very odd for me. They have enough properties for me to be excited, oh, yeah. but just the way that they manage their shit is just so whack. And they get it right sometimes, where they fixed uh, FF fourteen, um, and then fifteen didn't turn out to be too bad. Um, but they're really starting to botch this whole seven remake, and uh, and then yeah, Kingdom Hearts has been you know kingdom Hearts 2 was on the ps2 so it's like who knows man yeah i just don't uh i mean i like their properties but i don't necessarily get excited for them just because there's kind of no reason to you know it's uh just kind of a waste of hype and energy so i kind of just wait until they come out you know obviously i'm excited for kingdom Hearts 3 but i'm not uh chomping at the bit
0: yeah, that's the tough thing with them because, at least with Sony, though they've gotten way better in the last couple of years, and I don't even think it's a problem with them anymore. But even when Sony was having trouble with delaying their games, it was mm. okay. This game got delayed. We're getting it in three months. You know, it's locked in. It's just we have to wait a little bit. <laughs> with Square Enix, a three-month delay can turn into a year delay. Could turn into you know, like so. It's like, like you said, don't why even get invested with your energy levels. Like just. When, you, yeah. when it actually releases, and I think that's partially why I'm not, like, excited for their video. Not that I'm not excited to see the games that they're going to be showing, because they have a lot of stuff I'm super excited for. It's just, like, it's, like, a lot of false promises and especially for like Avengers and Tomb Raider if I see that at Xbox first is it going to be the EA thing where we see the first trailer for Battlefield at EA and then we see the same exact trailer on Xbox's stage but in reverse so it's like we see the Avengers thing first on Xbox's stage or the Tomb Raider thing and then we just see the same video on Square Enix's thing it's like cool why why would I be excited about watching the same trailer again you know it's very odd yeah, we'll see what happens yeah, yeah. Uh, the next story uh, is a leak ish Uh, so, there was a Walmart Canada listing for a bunch of games that haven't come out yet that people are assuming to be leaks from E3 announcements, and a lot of these games seem plausible. Some of them are odd. I'm gonna go through the ones that kind of stand out, and we can have a back and forth, Jordan, in terms of what we think about them. Uh, LEGO DC Villains was listed. That seems like a plausible thing we could see being announced from LEGO. Uh, it's been talked about. Seems like a title of of a LEGO game that comes out. Nothing crazy there. Um... Assassin's Creed is listed, uh, so this is the first, like, knock it, like, this might not be real, this might just be somebody typing in things they think will happen, it doesn't have any subtitle to it, we know Assassin's Creed isn't coming out this year, the box just literally says Assassin's Creed, so does the write-up, um, Assassin's Creed is also (laughs) misspelled, which isn't a huge thing, because they enter the information (laughs) themselves, but uh, so first, that's the, that's the first weird one, right? That's, or, that's already yeah. the hint of like, this is odd. Um, one of the next ones listed is Destiny Comet, which if you're not familiar, Comet was the code name for the third piece of DLC we anticipated from Destiny 2. So if they got the information from like the developers and like the publishers, why would they still list it as Destiny Comet when that was the, the project name, right? Very yeah. odd. Borderlands 3, that could happen. Totally plausible. Gearbox needs to release something, considering their last couple of releases haven't gone off too well. Um, that being Battleborn and uh, the... What was the game that Duke Nukem was in? Bulletstorm Remaster, which I doubt yeah. flew off shelves. Um, mm-hmm. Super Smash Brothers. Okay. Uh, Dreams. Okay. Rage 2, which is interesting. Uh, we talked about it before the show. I played Rage. You didn't. It's an interesting game to get a sequel. It's one of those games where when you're looking at Bethesda's conference this year, you're like, well, what are they going to announce? Possibly Doom 2, possibly some other things. Rage 2 could be a nice surprise. Um, It's just very odd because it is a game and a franchise that doesn't have a lot of love behind it or anticipation. Um, Though it's kind of weird because now Bethesda's kind of hinting at they're going to do something on May 14th that could possibly be the reveal of Rage 2, which is odd. Uh, Another game listed here is Insurgency Sandstorm. I've never played any of the Insurgency games, so that doesn't really strike a chord with me. Anyway. Uh... Square Enix, we talked about Just Cause 4. That's listed. That's totally possible, right? Just Cause seems to be sell decently well. Uh, fourth entry, wouldn't be that surprising. Uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake is listed. Uh, Metroid Prime 4 is listed. NBA 2K, we assume yes. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 is listed, which, that game is not coming out in at least another two years. Good luck with that. Um, and uh, The Division 2 is the other the other thing listed on here. So there's some games that are totally plausible, right, Jordan? But there's some things that sure. are kind of like, Ugh, this seems like somebody at a computer, like, what's going to be announced at E3 this year so we have these set in uh, so when they do release we can just have them up to pre-order, right? Uh, I'm of the mind that I don't think these are necessarily real not saying that some of these games aren't gonna be announced at E three. I just don't think this is this is a list of oh, these are all the games that are gonna be shown at E three, right? Because there's not a single new IP listed on here. So if it was a list they had to receive from publishers, we would see at least one new IP we're not familiar with, right? And be like, Whoa, that's weird, yeah. what is that? Um Yeah, what are, what you what is your take on these Walmart leaks? Obviously, you know, they could be real, they could be not, but what do you think?
1: Yeah. Um I'm sure that some of this stuff will be right, whether they actually had the correct information or not. Um, and then, of course, I think some of it will be wrong. Um, you know, there's so many leaks that people really get their hopes upon and really start believing. Uh, I remember when Red Dead 2 was uh, thought to be announced uh, coming up pretty soon from that point. There are so many different leaks of like, oh, my buddy works at a GameStop and they just got this poster of Red Dead Revolution in, you know. Um, there's so many different uh, types of ways that people can kind of just troll. Um, so either way, like I said, I'm sure some of it will be correct, but uh, who knows. Also, we've got a problem here, Jared. we got a big old problem. This whole... Like, you mentioned Doom 2, right? Yeah. And, uh... Doom 2 is a game that already exists. Yes. And, um... God of War is a game that already existed before the PS4. And Star Wars Battlefront is a game that already existed before the PS4. Like, this whole... Oh, we're just gonna go back to the original title and almost like disregard these games the thing is it's a total disregard for the history and you know when we as gamers are referring to it then we have to be like oh Doom 2016 or God of War 2018 or God of War PS4 Um, I'm all about like pulling the numbers out like instead of having it God of War 4 um, just take the 4 off but I do think you should just do a subtitle you know, like God of war, Valhalla, uh, Ragnarok, Viking, Viking apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I just think like, it's just going to make it so confusing. And then in another 15 years when we have star Wars battlefront or doom or God of war, you know, it's just like, what the fuck, man? It's weird that we have, and you know, it's one thing when it was like, uh, the new star Wars battlefront, right? Or, currently we have the the latest doom game but then doom 2 now there's two dooms and two doom twos and there's two star wars battlefronts and two star wars battlefront twos it's just like this is becoming an issue for me i'm not happy with it jared i'm not happy
0: yeah and it's it's tough because like we you know doom 2 could possibly call doom uh killing everything inside or like hal reigns or something but like especially with bethesda they have a they have a tendency to just put numbers at the end of their sequels and stuff so it is it is an issue um, I think the thinking there is like a lot of gamers nowadays probably especially with doom didn't play those original doom games so it's like you sure. can get away with it but I do agree with you it's like it's kind of like tarnishing the history there of like and making it confusing in terms of everyday conversation and stuff so I do think right, there are some right. workarounds that can happen um, I assume God of War 2018 uh, 2 and 3 might not be called 2 and 3. They might be God of War Valhalla, God of War Ragnarok, but we'll see um, with Doom. If it is announced, I would assume it is Doom 2. And yeah, it is a weird issue. Battlefield 1 is an even weirder issue because there isn't a game technically, another game called Battlefield 1. It's just called Battlefield because it's the first Battlefield no, game. Uh, so that makes even it even, even, started <laughs> even makes it more confusing. On the
1: Battlefield games, Jared. It's um, so goofy.
0: Yeah. It is an issue though. I agree with you there. Um... Speaking of some issues, uh, towards uh-huh. the end of this we'll be talking about, Nintendo had a big round of news. Um, there was one thing I was originally going to include, but I don't think there was enough there. Nintendo's hiring for a new Legend of Zelda game. Shocker, the sky is blue, the grass is green. Um, they're hiring for a new Zelda game. You, you know, It's not surprising. Um, but they did announce some other things. So their online service, we had been waiting for. Uh, we had assumed that it was going to be launching in September. We they, they stated it was lining up for that, but it, remember it previously got delayed. It is yeah. launching this September. It's going to be twenty dollars a year. They have cheaper packages for three in one month, and it's going to be thirty-five dollars for a family plan. Um, so you can everyone can pitch in to pay for a yearly thing of a Nintendo online together for thirty-five dollars and save y'all some <laughs> dinero, some guap. Uh, and uh, they also included cloud saves, which is like, cool, it's 2018, glad that exists. Yeah. My yeah. biggest issue with this, you shouldn't have to pay to have cloud saves in 2018. That kind of bothers mm. me. Um, yep. But it is what it is, at least we're getting them, which is kind of sometimes what you have to do with Nintendo is like, yeah, it sucks it's happening this way, but at least it's happening. Um, also, the service is going to be launching with 20 NES games, or NES games if you are that type of person, uh, with multiplayer built-in online play. Um, Which is cool, we kind of expected that too. I think the big and most important part of this conversation, and I don't think it's necessarily dire, but it is something that we need to keep an eye on, is that regarding the Virtual Console, which everyone assumed would be announced alongside this, uh, Nintendo actually emailed Kotaku, who was writing up about this, and stated there are currently no plans to bring classic games together under the Virtual Console banner, as has been done on other Nintendo systems. So everyone gets crazy, gets their pitchforks and their torches and says, there's not going to be any virtual console on Nintendo Switch. I'm riding in the streets. And other people are saying, oh, they're going to just put all of their games that are virtual console games through this paid service, and they're going to rotate them out. That could be the case. That hasn't been explained yet. But if you're just reading this, contextualizing what they said, there's not going to be a virtual console banner. This doesn't mean that they're not going to be releasing classic old games on the Switch eShop. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that there's not going to be a virtual uh, console banner.
1: Right? Yeah. But I still think either way that it means the... You know, even if they started, let's say, releasing N64 GameCube games on there, I think that it does mean the the flow of it is going to be a lot slower. It's not going to be as often or as many games. And I'm definitely bummed about it. I mean, you know... It's not dashing all hopes of getting those retro games on the console, but it, if you're going to do it like you did Virtual Console, why wouldn't you use that banner? It's already such a great and well-recognized banner, you know, so I do feel like, if anything, uh, they're just going to trickle out, and even at that, I'm not sure that we will get it at 64 or GameCube games or anything like that. And furthermore, this whole, like, yeah, we're going to give you these these NES games and then take them away at some point or whatever. It just sucks, man. It just sucks. Yeah, like you said, I'm glad we're getting it, but it sucks that it's happening in this way. Um,
0: The thing I want to throw in there, though, is that, yeah, it sucks that they're not keeping the Virtual console, uh, Console banner because it is, yeah, it's already such a big brand. From a business perspective, though, the thing I could see the reason for them not doing it is that when people hear Virtual Console, they assume that it's all of a bunch of classic games from, for instance, a 64 right? A bunch of classic yep. games from the 64, including third-party published games. And we kind of currently live in an era where we're seeing all these classic games be published by the actual publishers, and they release them on their own accord. And it's kind of like, oh, I don't want you to have part of my pie. I want to have the entire pie myself. And from Nintendo's perspective, it could be like... We're not going to have any third-party games that are going to be a part of whatever this retro ports thing is going to be, right? So why would we use a Virtual Console when we can just label things as Nintendo Classics? Um, because Virtual Console does carry the weight of, oh, it's not just going to be a Nintendo published games, it's going to be a lot of our favorite games from that system. And though I there's definitely an argument and I agree with you that they okay, screw it, who cares if they're not a part of it, still put all the Nintendo games on a thing labeled virtual console. But from like branding and stuff, maybe they just want to label all of these things as a Nintendo Classics, right? I don't know. It's yeah, also but releasing I them want- releasing them this way gives them a better excuse to not have them be able to carry over to whatever the next thing is, so you have to buy them again. But that's kind of Nintendo's maybe. MO anyways even with virtual console, so it's Maybe. It, yeah
1: i don't like the fact that if it is what you're saying like i want the third party games too so that kind of sucks as well i mean i don't know sometimes i'm just like nintendo why can't you give people what they fucking want i mean people are willing to pay for this shit and you're like no 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 we're going to do it our way and sometimes that works out for them but there's a really decent amount of time where it fucking doesn't and i just wish that they would stop being so goddamn hard-headed um, some people are it arguing gets, it gets grating.
0: Some people are also arguing that the success of the minis is also hurting their willingness to push forward with this kind of thing, like really quickly or in a in a, in a timely fashion, because they're being they're so successful. But the counter argument to that is like if they release these on Switch. They would see 10 times the sales. It wouldn't eat into that stuff because a lot of times the people who are buying the minis are people who are banking on nostalgia and want the physical product, right? So it's like yeah. just because <clears> that <throat> exists doesn't mean this can't. Um, I, I do I do agree with you and I am on the side of more, more of this sucks than this is whatever. But I think people also have to catch their breath and understand that this – their statement and they choose their wording very carefully. The virtual concert, uh, console, console—I can't say that's like a tongue twister for me. I guess the virtual console banner will not be on Nintendo Switch. Read those words specifically, so sure. you have to kind of figure out what that might be. Yeah, it might be something really crappy. I, I agree with you. That is a huge possibility. But the other possibility is that they just want to release it in this way that's not tied to that virtual console. You know, so, I don't know, it's it's tough.
1: Um, my, you mentioned that uh, it, you shouldn't have to pay for cloud saves, and I totally agree. But at this point, I'm like, you know what, fuck it, $20 a year, sure, take my money, assholes. Yeah. I just don't want to have to start over a 40-hour game if my console breaks. What the fuck ever, you know? Get my memory like, wiped uh, when I send yeah, it in for repairs. Yeah, like... Exactly. I'll just I'll do it at this point. And once again, that sucks, and that's a stupid way to do it. But if that's what it takes for me to be able to use cloud saves, I guess that's what's going to happen.
0: I think the pricing is good, though. Uh, I think their pricing is solid for what we assume it'll offer. There's no way they could have come out at uh, PSN or Xbox Live price points because though everyone would have laughed. I think twenty dollars for the year is reasonable. That being said, we'll see once the service launches how good are the online services, um, right. What? Ge- how often are they going to be updating the games, how many games get removed, uh, how good are the cloud saves, do you only get a certain amount of memory allocated for cloud saves, that's not a reasonable amount. There's a lot of questions that still hang in the air, but as it sits with the information we currently know, I think $20 a year and 35 for a family plan of, I think it's up to 8 accounts, is are pretty solid numbers. Also, weird, this is launching almost in a, in a bunch of other territories. This isn't launching in Japan in terms of it being paid. So, I don't know if they're That's just like weird. not charging in Japan, Ugh. they're
1: like, it's free. That's fucking weird, man. And <laughs> yeah. you know, we've talked about this a bunch, but just another example of how the Switch obviously came out before it was fully done cooking. Like, yeah, the true online service isn't launching until like year and a half after the console. Like, what the fuck were you doing, Nintendo? So, yeah, who knows, man. We'll see.
0: Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, this isn't a news story, I just thought it was interesting. Uh, you know Overkill's The Walking Dead? That game that uh, from the Payday 2 developers? Yep. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the trailers that have released for the characters in the game? I haven't. So, what I'm assuming is it looks like it's going to take on a Left for Dead-style approach in terms of there's four set characters that four people playing multiplayer choose from. In terms of gameplay and all that stuff, I'm not comparing it to Left 4 Dead, but you know how in Left 4 Dead you load in, you have a character, right? It's already You don't create your character or anything. It's a specific character with a voice, dialogue, and stuff like that. It seems like that's what they're doing with this game. The first trailer was this uh, black gentleman who I don't remember his name, but he carried around a bat, and he was more of like the melee-based character. Uh, the second character was a an Asian female... Who seem like the healer, the, the healer of the group, the nurse, uh, and they have their backstories and stuff. The third one was really interesting. It showcased an older man, had to be in maybe his sixties, uh, white beard, white hair, walking through this highway. sits in this car, sees a picture of a little girl, and starts talking to somebody. You assume, and then it's revealed that it's a zombie, like strapped in with a seatbelt, talking about his granddaughter, um, and how he remembers her and stuff like that, and. He's just talking to her, and you're like, oh, he probably lives on a compound with his granddaughter. And he ends up killing the zombie, and it's very compelling what he talks about. Older gentleman, and it zooms out, and you see, like, tons of zombies around him. And his closing words are, I'll find you, I don't know if her name's Catherine, but it was her name. I'll find you, what her name was. Um, So these trailers are, I think, really interesting, and they're selling these characters it's going to be interesting to see what the actual gameplay is. They haven't showed it. These are all cinematic, beautifully done um, computer graphics, but they haven't shown gameplay yet. And this seems like a game, honestly, that Skybound is forcing them to finally put out. This game's been in development forever, you know? Um, right. We're kind of nearing the end of the these zombie zeitgeist in terms of mainstream appeal. Zombie things will still be popular and can be successful, but I as with Walking Dead and other properties we're kind of seeing that way down and I think Skybound was anticipating this game coming out a lot sooner um, but yeah the oh, yeah. trailer looked really interesting um, but I guess we'll close out the show now in terms of what we're going to be playing finishing up Wolfenstein 2 can't wait for you to play it on the Switch that's where you're going to play it right Jordan if I remember
1: correctly yeah waiting waiting on it great game love it uh, oh, so
0: good can't wait to talk with Dom about it. Uh, whenever he gets back, non-spoilery, of course. Uh, Love it. Gonna be. I'm, I've continued working on my living decks in uh, in Pokemon. For those of you unfamiliar, a living decks is where you have a complete Pokédex, but you also have the evolutions of the Pokemon. Um, and the reason people do it is because when you enter a new game and you want to complete the decks, you have to have every evolution, right? So you can, like, save the beginning evolutions and just evolve them, but that's way too complicated. And especially with modern Pokemon games with the Pokemon Bank, it's easy to just transfer them all over. You don't have to do it one by one anymore. Thank God they added features where you can, like, select a box of Pokemon and move them and transfer them at once really quick, really fast. Um, But I've been working on my living decks. I think out of the 790 or 800 Pokemon, I currently have... I want to say in the 500 range, and this isn't something Jeez. like I, I go hard on all the time, 24/7. It's just like, whenever I pick up Pokemon, I get super invested in it again. I'm like, I'll 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 handle about you know a, like 20 to 50, could be 20 closer to 20 or less than, could be closer to 50 depending on how I feel in that 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 time when I'm like really craving Pokemon. But I always chip away, yeah. it. so it's really fun. Um, I I I just Pokemon games are comfort food games for me. Uh, I just like playing them when I'm doing something else. It just feels comfortable to me. They're the only turn-based game I, like, for sure will probably enjoy when they come out. There's other turn-based games I can pick up and really like, but I know Pokemon is my turn-based strategy game, um, which is strange because I've never really liked those style of games, but this is one of the first games I ever played and fell in love with, so um, excited to play more of that. Uh, No movie comes out this week of note, right? Cause it's Deadpool and Solo, yeah. or Solo than Deadpool. Solo is the eleventh. No, is no Solo is the twenty-fifth. I think. Yeah. Deadpool Deadpool's Solo. Eighteenth. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much it. I, I want to get around to watching A Quiet Place. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's an. Uh, I want to get around to watching uh, Shape of Water as well. Those are my backlog of movies I want to watch, so I want to get to those. And then uh, it's pretty much it for me. Um, yeah. What about you, Jordan?
1: So, uh, definitely some more God of War, definitely, you know, I'll be reading me comics and me watching me anime, um, let's see what else, uh, just before the show, you told me and broke my heart that, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> was canceled, Yeah, which is, uh, a great comedy series, I love it, um, but, uh, you know. It's got to end sometime, I guess. So um, it'll be finishing up soon. But shout out to that show because it is uh, very, very funny. Um, oh, Jordan, one thing I forgot to tell you is: yeah. Are you
0: familiar with the Lego Brickheads line? I don't think so. So the Brickheads are like these little. They're like they're like Lego's version of. Uh, Pop figs.
1: Gotcha. Uh,
0: so they're basically like these little models that you you buy and they're for specific characters and you build them yourself. I think they're like ninety to a hundred and like twenty pieces. Um, and they're they're really cool. They have them for Marvel, right? So they have like Hulk and Thanos and Captain America and I, they have Iron Man's new suit. Um, so they're real. I, I, they're really cute. They're small. So I have one of Hulk, right? Because Hulk's my favorite superhero. And sure. I was like. The creative in me was like, I wonder if I can, because LEGO has this feature called Pick a Brick where you can order specific bricks. I was like, I wonder if I can just Pick reverse engineer this build and make one of my on my own. And I made a pretty cool looking custom Beast version. Beast from X-Men. Uh, I'll make That's sure to send you a dope. picture. It looks pretty cool. I have his iconic X-Men belt and his undies. And yeah, I made it from scratch. They, didn't, they don't have any of the X-Men, at least not, not yet until the deal goes through. But uh, I made a custom Beast one, and I made a custom X-23 one, but my parts for X-23 haven't come in yet. So, Ooh. pretty excited about cool. those. I'll make sure to send you a picture. Sorry, go ahead. For what sure. are we going to be playing? It's just something I forgot to mention.
1: Oh, you're fine, man. Um, so, uh, what is left? Oh yeah, I was going to talk a little bit about um, Darling in the Franks, the anime series. So, I mentioned it when it first started and uh, definitely I would say my most anticipated or one of my most anticipated because shout out we just started um, within the last few weeks Tokyo Ghoul season 3 which I'm not crazy about but it's still good and Steins Gate Zero or Steins Gate season 2 which is pretty good so far Um, love both of those anime series especially Steins Gate I fucking love Steins Gate anyways highly anticipated Darling in the Franks Uh, co-production between A1 and Trigger Uh, Trigger is you know, I mean they're both uh, some of the best anime studios, but Trigger is well known for its action and uh, this is a a mech series, uh, giant robots Um, and I definitely enjoy it, but it is a lot more tedious and slow than I expected and um, a lot less action, especially with Trigger being so well-known for their action. Um, But I'm still enjoying it. Uh, Latest episode just came out today, or at least the dub did. Um, So uh, I'll continue watching that, but I just thought I'd give a little update there because uh, I've been a little surprised at how... um, The story is good, and it is a cool world that they're in and all that, but uh, I am surprised that a uh mech series co-created by trigger has uh as little action as it does so we'll see how that ends up but um yeah steins gate zero just started like i said love steins gate and it's cool because steins gate zero is uh like a divergent path uh because steins gate's all about uh time travel and um so it's not like an actual sequel to the first season it's uh Basically, a divergent path of the 23rd episode, which is not even the last episode of the season or season. So, um, really interesting what they're doing there. And uh, I am enjoying it so far. So, yeah.
0: Nice. Anime is always a huge list. I need to hop back into My Hero Academia. I was really enjoying it. I just need to get back oh, to it. Oh!
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say uh, thank you for bringing that up. Also, a little shout out to that show because um, season three, I'm really enjoying um, several episodes in, um, I'm all caught up with the show, but it is several episodes into season three, I should say. Um, and what they're doing with it is really cool. Uh, a lot of people love the, the tournament arc in season two. Uh, I wasn't crazy about it. Um, but the, uh, kind of training camp thing that they're doing this season, I'm really digging. So, um, saw another article, I think it was on Kotaku about how, Uh, My Hero Academia is a superhero show for people that are tired of superheroes. And I've talked about this on the show before. I'm a little bit tired of hearing that about this show because um, that's kind of all I hear about this show. In that way, I do think it's a little overrated because people just constantly talk about how, oh, it subverts superhero tropes and it's, you know, it's uh, a whole new take and a whole new spin on that. I don't necessarily agree i think it actually leans into a lot of tropes and in a lot of ways it it just kind of feels like uh x-men anime but i still like it a lot i just get tired of hearing how fucking revolutionary it is all the time um but regardless i am very much enjoying season three so i'm glad you're watching it and can't wait to hear (laughs) i hate how
0: all these old fogies are like are trying to be the first person to say superhero fatigue is real and wait for it to be right. Like they say, and then they just wait yeah. to see if like, Oh, is it actually a thing yet? Is it no? No. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, I had seen several YouTube, uh, analysis videos in uh, last season during season two of my hero academia being like, talking about how it subverts tropes talking about how it's a revolutionary for the superhero genre. And then, yeah, several days ago, Kotaku's like, um, this is a superhero show for people who are tired of superheroes? Like, okay, clearly you think you have an original idea, but that's not necessarily the case. So I'm definitely tired of hearing that, but like I said, I'm, I'm really enjoying the show.
0: I want to close out the show, but, like, people people don't understand, that. like, especially in, like, Hollywood, everything goes through waves. Uh, Westerns were the, bit where the big blockbuster hit for a long time, right? Or in the early sure. days of film, westerns were huge. Then it slowly shifted to the '80s action movies, right? Obviously, there was right. different genres of those movies. Alien is way different than Rambo, uh, but you had the action movies. '90s is where we started seeing the the infiltration of the espionage, like spy type movies, really heavily hitting. And now that we're we're currently in the age of superheroes, and they've kind of replaced a lot of action movies. We still have the Mission Impossible's and the James Bonds and the Fast and Furious's, but like. It's fine. It just bothers me that these people are so vehemently against it. Like, it's fine. Anyways,
1: that's... We're not going to get, you know, four superhero, six superhero movies a year for the next hundred years. Like, chill the fuck out.
0: Exactly. Also, it's like three or four movies a year. There's 365 days. You know how many movies release every year?
1: I (laughs) was actually thinking about that earlier on the show when we weren't even... I think you were talking about the Avengers game or whatever. All this talk about superhero fatigue, it's like, it's not like there's a new Avengers movie every fucking day, man. Like, yeah. this is, this is being overblown, you know? Yeah, it's Cause like... You look at any other genre, and there's, there's four to six of those movies released a year, you know? Yeah, like at the very Espionage, least. Espionage, yeah. or Mission Impossibles, or, you know, uh, Coming of Age, or uh, Midlife Crisis dramas, which, holy shit, you want to talk about an overbloated <laughs> genre. That shit is is and basically always has been all over the fucking place. So.
0: I just think it's 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 older people and maybe people who aren't in touch because there are older people who are into comics having to come to terms with the fact that I think superhero movies are going to eventually become and they are currently a genre of film that are going to be a part of film for the foreseeable yeah. future. You know, it's fine. You can yes, yeah, this whole thing irritates me so much. You're those Kotaku those Kotaku headlines are like shut up. The whole reason I like it yeah. when I hear Academia is because it, it, I think it does also lean into those. It does subvert some tropes, but it leans into that stuff, and I love it. And it is yeah. X-Men anime. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah,
1: that's why I was like, wait till he get to season three. It's like, this is fucking X-Men anime right here. And I love it. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Thank you guys for listening to episode 97. Next week, we'll have Dom back. And uh, we're getting closer and closer inching towards E3. We're going to have guests on each of our E3 Predictions podcasts. I so definitely look forward to that. Uh, yeah, like I said, Dom will be back next week. If you can, please follow us on YouTube, subscribe to us there, follow us on iTunes, leave us a review, it definitely helps us out. Um, like the YouTube videos too, that helps as well, and tell your friends about us. If you have somebody that wants to listen to a gaming podcast and, uh, needs somebody else to talk to them about the latest and greatest games from Square Enix every year or every 10 years, depending on how they decide to release them. Let them know about us. Your boys at Controlled Interests. Like, subscribe, share. Yeah. Smash that like button. Uh, if you can, follow <laughs> us on Twitter. I am at Jared underscore. Jordan is at Malamodus. Dom who's not here today is at Dom's Oreos. And our group Twitter where we tweet out all of the latest podcasts and other videos we put out is Controlled Interests. That's at CTRL INT, Controlled Interests abbreviated. Uh, you can also go to ControlledInterests.com to get all the latest uploads and information there as well. We'll catch you guys next week in episode 98. See you guys next time. Bye.